Welcome to A&E, Anything and Everything with Aaron and Aaron, and I'm Aaron. And I'm Aaron. Yeah, uh, and uh, together we're Aaron and Aaron, and uh, we just we just wanted to do a podcast so badly that we just said, let's just do a podcast about anything and everything. So every episode, we each bring a topic to uh, to present uh, and then uh, make the other person do a play a game that's worth up to 10 points the player with the most points at the end of the episode wins the episode uh and feels slightly more shame than when they started um as for uh, the beginning of the show we always start off our show with a catching up how are you doing what's what's going on all that good stuff and i don't know if you can tell but my mood has elevated somewhat whoop, whoop. from previous episodes <laughs> Last two weeks were not kind to me, but things have finally started turning around, I feel. So, yeah. Uh, despite my current uh, ongoing kerfuffle with uh, UPS, which just going to get this out there now. Uh, Telling Man Todd, love me some brown Santa, man. This is literally, <laughs> literally nothing to do with you. And I know because you've already apologized to me on Twitter that you're going to be tempted to call into the show and say something about this. Uh, my man, it is not necessary. You know, Aaron and I both love you very much. Uh, yes, we do. <laughs> we, we, we're, not, we're, not, we're not divorcing or anything like that. We just want you to know it's okay. Me and UPS will be just fine. It's this one driver I have a very big issue with. Because I was home. I was home and I was in my bedroom. I didn't have headphones on. Nothing like that. I wasn't listening to anything loud. And then I came out and there was a slip on my door. And I was like, did that bastard not even knock? Uh, and I was a little upset. Uh, and the, the slip said it will be at um, the, the UPS drop-off point, which is a UPS store. And I was like, okay, well, it doesn't say when it's going to be there. So I guess I'll just wait, you know, a couple of hours and whatnot. Uh, this was really foolish of me, but I was I was a little bit heated, uh, so I went to the store to drive out to the UPS store, and they're like, "Well, the driver hasn't come back to the store yet, um, but we should have it tomorrow. You know, just just come back and you know come pick it up." And I'm like, "Okay, sure." You know, I figured at the end of the day, the driver drops off all the packages they weren't able to uh, deliver or whatever, or in this case, just refuse to deliver. Um, and, you know, I would just go back tomorrow and that would be, end of it. It'd be the end of it. Um, I went back the following day and the store was like, mm, still not here. Still not here. We're not sure where it is. Uh, the driver did not show up. And I was like, oh, okay. Uh, is this like a normal thing? And she was like, well, come back on Monday. You know, it'll be here on Monday. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm like at this point convinced that that this particular UPS driver has kidnapped my package and is trying to figure out a way to hold it for ransom. Um, 
<laughs> I, I had a, a I had a very interesting uh, exchange with uh, UPS on Twitter about the whole thing. Uh, it all happened over DM, unfortunately, uh, but I wish I could re- recreate it. They're like, well, we can send the driver back out to deliver it. And I'm like, why? So we can just leave a slip on my door and disappear again? You know, I was, I was, I was, I was not having it. I was not having it. And I was, I was giving that poor social media person a, a, a hard time, but, uh, yeah. yeah. I, I absolutely hate that. That's something that happened because I live on the second floor, walk up. It's an outside staircase. It looks dangerous. Like it's that old, like concrete with the pebbles in it. Shit. Yeah, and it's very steep, and one of the handrails is loose. And I'm sure these drivers, UPS, DoorDash, whatever, look at it and they're like, "Oh, bless my home." If you look up our staircase, you can see the B3 unit, but my unit is like around the corner, so people automatically go, "Well, it's not up there. I can see the house. That's not it." Mm-hmm. And um, yeah. Yeah, it fills me with rage when they uh, don't yeah. do it. And what kills me is apparently, like, this signature didn't, this, this package did not require a signature. Like, there was no, there was literally no reason the driver couldn't have just left it at my door. Um, it's even more infuriating because based on the time on the slip, like, I mean, I know I was home. Like, I was right there. Like, even if it was heavy and he didn't want to, you know, lift it out of his truck, I would have gone to the truck to get it and bring it back inside my house. But no, just walks up to my door, plants a slip and walks away. And I'm like, just so like, why does this person still have a job? I I am. I have I have a solution for you. And it shouldn't it shouldn't be that heavy. It's it's not a very large package. Oh, well, you've ruined my my joke. I was going to say stop ordering oh, your sorry. anvils to be delivered by UPS. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, you know, sometimes I just got to express like uh, 200 pounds of cat shit um, <laughs> to build my little cat shit mural of, uh, of Ralph Garman. Uh, and um, (laughs) the smell the smell of that mural (laughs) (sighs) sorry Um, (laughs) no uh, you can tell obviously I'm not that bothered by it because I'm still in good spirits but it it is a little irritating that I was supposed to get it on Friday and now I have to wait till Monday to pick it up I'm like, thanks. Uh, assuming I'll be able to pick it up on Monday. For all I know, this driver is currently headed towards Vegas with my package. Just cat gone. Shit. Just takes, just takes off. Gonna put the 200 pounds <laughs> of cat shit on red. <laughs> Whatever he's got is really heavy. It must be super expensive. He gets to his little hidey hole and opens it up. Oh my god! The smell. <laughs> the smell of this package. Oh. oh my god! Oh my god! My all goodness! Right. So that's like almost all of the excitement that is my life is uh, is one package with UPS. This is the joy of getting old, by the way. <laughs> For any of our listeners who are a little bit younger, yeah, eventually things stop happening to you, and you just you just float through life. Well, so I tell you, 
Uh, my my I, mine's my life is a little more joyous than your UPS fight. I apologize. Um, but so, that's okay. First of all, I've been planning like a very small because I only have like a handful of friends that live in Oregon at this point. Um, so I've been planning a very small birthday party for myself, and uh, my birthday is on the fourteenth. And um, I have like just family stuff planned for my actual birthday weekend. I want to chill and drink cocktails and have family members give me snacks. Um, for my party, though, I'm going to this place. And I totally thought of you. I think you would really dig it. It's called Mox Boarding House, M-O-X. And they are a dinner and tap room environment. But they have, like, hundreds and hundreds of different board games. And they have sets of games that you can take to your dinner table and you can test out. And then if you like them, you can buy them. I mean, uh, this will not help our podcast listeners at all, but (laughs) (laughs) I have just rotated my laptop to show Aaron the wall of board games (laughs) sitting to my right. You know, I've I've had a a podcast co-host crush on you for a a pretty long time and been pretty audible about it. At this point now, I think it's only (laughs) fair to ask if you'll marry me because I just saw your board game collection. <laughs> oh my goodness. I have not as many, but I have quite a few. We would rule the world with our board games. <laughs> uh, this is uh, the result of years of being uh, async, uh, single income, no kids. Um so I have uh, very little to spend my money on, so I just spend my money on things I can do with my friends when we're together, basically. Uh, and that that is the collection it, it is. Uh, this is the best of it. Like, all of my best games are out here. I have a couple of closets more full of games that are meh, meh, so-so. I've been meaning to sell them, you know, just get around to it, and I just never have. Um, I I have started to get rid of the bad games, but I do have some very strange or unplayable. Like I have a Save by the Bell board game that's truly garbage. Wow. Um, it's really bad. Wow. Um, yeah. Saved by the Bell. I, I mercy. I um I occasionally get these like whims when I'm in like Target or somewhere mm. and um, yeah I buy dumb things but anyway so that's what we're doing for my birthday um, so that'll be exciting I the other thing I just want to share about my week is because y- you uh, let's not linger on you not accepting my on air uh, <laughs> proposal um <laughs> So I, I mentioned this, I think, last week. I don't know. I went, um, I was going to do the this weekend. Most of it is today, but there was some for the previous week, and it was, or for yesterday, and it was the My Body, My Choice tattoo event where they were donating proceeds. So the shop I chose was this adorable shop in Portland. They're called Hedge Witch, and their logo is a little hedgehog with a witch hat. And I didn't know I got my tattoo with the owner, but I did. And she's a super sweet girl named, well, woman. She's a woman named Sasha. Mm. And first of all, best 
Best tattoo I ever had. She had, uh, it was as if a little baby kitten was doing my tattoo. She wasn't like digging into my skin or anything. And she's actually an instructor at a local school. So she is like the best of the best. She knows all kinds of stuff. Like she actually told me that the COVID vaccine is causing some sort of inflammation or something because she's noticed that since people have been getting vaccinated, tattoos are swelling at a much higher rate than they were before. She said it's kind of weird because when someone doesn't swell, she feels like, um, are you an anti-vaxxer nut? Like, <laughs> like that's her first thought is like, why aren't you swelling so much? Um, but anyway, so I got a, and this is great for on, for on air. My mic is in the way. Anyway, I got a, my body, my choice, their conversation hearts. And, um, so I, I felt good about it. And then I, I donated my, um, my like down payment for my appointment slot. I donated that. And I overtipped so that they would send additional money to um, different abortion funds, which a lot of them are honestly going to help aid in legal funds for like, well, like the 10 year old girl that was raped that got an abortion because she was fucking 10. <laughs> um, yeah. So anyway, uh, cool event. Great shop. I will definitely go back. Um, she's, we talked about me getting my next piece being my supernatural, uh, anti-possession logo. So, it's uh, yeah. nice story. I mean, yeah, it's pretty epic. Uh, I love that. <clears throat> I, I almost... I almost got a cake that said reproductive rights on it. Yes. Uh, <laughs> I love that you have I, this, I, like... I... <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. No, uh, that's the end of the story, is that I, I wound up having a falling out with the, 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 the baker. <gasps> and, uh, just, oh, no! Just didn't happen. Oh, no! They're I an was old just, friend. I was just... They're an old friend. It just uh, didn't didn't happen. But it was going to be a special cake. It was going to gonna say reproductive rights, her body, her choice. Uh, I'm sad. And, uh, is this is this the friend that's done all the other cakes for you? Yeah, yeah. Oh no! Can we like can we fix this? I I'm working on it. I'm okay. working on it, but that's okay. I I as much fun as it's been, I don't need cakes every month. Uh, <laughs> it probably wasn't great for my health anyway. Um, so there you go. We'll get you little petite cakes. We'll get you little like, oh, like pettifors. You could get some pettifors. <laughs> uh, we'll see. We'll see. Um, is that about it? I think I think we've covered about. I think that's it. We didn't have any. Saying, yeah. We didn't have any communication from our no, listeners. No voicemails. No, no emails, guys. You know, if you're listening and you want to show us some love, uh, send us an email or a voicemail or something. And if we like it, we'll play it on the show. Um, just, uh, just, you know, give us a shout out. Let us know what you're thinking with, especially about all these topics we keep bringing. Cause they're, they're all so far out of left field. I never know what Aaron's going to bring. And I'm pretty sure she never knows what I'm going to bring. So, um, and that means you've got to be twice as confused. <laughs> never know what the hell either of us are going to say. Um, but in any event, so this is, uh, this is, uh, your turn to go first, I believe. Yes. All right, so uh, I'm going to ask if you have a hint for us. And if not, you can just say you don't have one. That's okay. 
I don't think I I don't have one. This is a this is a weirdo today. So okay, all right. No hint. We're just gonna find out what uh, what uh, Aaron's got for us. We come back right after this. Hey, Bridget. Hey, Erin. You know what time it is. No, what time is it? It's Bicoastal Biatches time. Finally, we so need to catch up. Join the Bitch Brigade and listen to Bicoastal Biatches. Where can they find us? iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. And welcome back. It's time for part two of our podcast, which means it's time for our first topic. And Aaron, you're going first. So what have you got for us today? Well, I want to preface this uh, topic by saying that this came about. So once a week I go to my family's house and we play like games and have dinner and, and it's just a nice family day. And so last night we were playing Boggle and my dad spelled peg and, uh, and, and we were like, how do you mean that because we challenge we're very competitive um i don't know why because i always win boggle then they never win boggle but anyway so uh he was explaining peg and he's like you know like chew the peg and my mom and i were like what the fuck is that and he began to explain to us the most terrifying game in the world and this is something that children played and now that he said to the peg, which will become clear why he said that, but the game is actually called Mumbly Peg. Um, other people have called it other similar names like Mumblity Peg, Mumble Peg, Mumble the Peg, Mumble D Peg, or Mumble D Peg. Um, basically, this game, wait for it if you dare, is where boys and men had time to kill and they would get a stick and they would drive it deep into the ground as far as they could. Then everyone would take out their pen or jackknife from their pockets and they would then put their arm up and they would throw the knife over their arm down to the ground and the closest knife to your foot each player took a turn, and whoever got the knife closest to their foot was the winner. The person that had the knife as far from their f- the furthest from their foot had to chew the stick, i.e. the peg, out of the ground. They had to take their teeth and slowly pull the peg that had been wedged in the dirt out with their teeth. This is a game my dad played, and we were like, Oh my god. At, the, at which point when my dad was like, yeah, we used to play all the time. I was like, A, how many, I was like, what about Larry One Toe? Like, how many of your friends stabbed <laughs> themselves in the foot? And then I said, thank God my generation had video games and iPads and things like that because, oh my yeah. God. Holy hell. Right? This was, this was for entertainment? This was for entertainment. And this game started being played like it. There's evidence of it as far back as the early 19th century, um, but it 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 went all the way. I mean, my dad was playing it in like the 60s. It said it lost some popularity in the 70s when parents became more concerned with children carrying knives, which I feel is a little bit late in 
society to be upset with children carrying knives, but whatever. <laughs> what do I know? Wild. Um, uh, in, uh, it says in Tom Sawyer, I pulled a couple references and, and like fun facts about the game. Um, so in Tom Sawyer, uh, the detective actually mentions Mumble Typeg, um, being a favorite game at Tom's old school. So there's reference to it in literature. Um, and then actually there was a game, um, like a, an official rule book released. I'm sorry. I'm, my mouse isn't working. Um, and the rule book, let's uh, it was called American Boys Book of Sport, um, and that was published in 1896. Now, instead of trying to get the knife to stick close to your foot, this was a slightly less dangerous and more challenging version of the game. Still children throwing knives. Make no mistake, not a safe game. Yeah. But yeah. the American Boys Book of Sport had 24 different trick tosses that the player must perform correctly to win. And so you could be on 23 and your buddy could be stuck on like two. And then he has to chew the stick out of the ground um, when you finish. But yeah, so they, they were very elaborate. There were like behind your head knife throws. There oh, were like, the with that. you had to get the knife to like flip in the air a couple times. Yeah. So uh, still very dangerous, just less dangerous oh towards your own foot. Yeah. Just somebody else's face. Like, <laughs> right. So well, the, one, the one that had dangerous to, places that thing could land. The one the that foot had, was better. The one that had to, it might be, yeah. The one that had to spiral like three times before it hit the ground. I was like, how many, how many kids got like knife in the eye? Because you gotta get some, you gotta get some lift on your knife to have it flip three times before it sticks in the ground. And if it didn't stick in the ground, you're no matter how good your throw was, it didn't count because that was the point. Was that the knife had to hit the ground and stick in. Anyway, so you know how I like fucked up things from the past. Oh yeah, I'm well aware. Yeah. So I was like, what other games did did old timey kids play? So it's time for the game. Oh no. Oh no. Oh, I dear. now don't right. worry, if you don't win the game, I won't make you chew on a stick and pull it out of the ground. Oh good, because that wasn't happening. Win or lose. <laughs> don't care <laughs> so i i took a page out of your book and i'm we're gonna play a game called real or fake i'm gonna read to you the title of a game and if it's real i might give you a little fun fact or a little synopsis of the game if it's an interesting game if it's fake i might tell you how i fooled you and if i don't feel like it i'm gonna tell you nothing but i will tell you all right there are not five and five. There are an undetermined okay. number of fake and an undetermined number of real. Because you okay. fucked with me last week. So All right, I fair. fuck with you. All right. It's fair. It's fair. Bring it up. Okay. So the first game that we're going to discuss was called The Swinging Shoe. The swinging shoe. Um, uh, that feels that feels real. I'll say real. 
Okay. Well, then you would be right. The swinging shoe was real, and it's just as dangerous as it sounds. One person would tie a rope around a heavy leather shoe, and they would start swinging it around in the air, and you had to either jump or duck over it. <laughs> yeah, yep. Yeah. So sounds about right. We can play I mean, that. It's, it's not as bad as as throwing knives into kids' faces, but I, uh, you know, I guess we'll take it. Okay. All right. I mean, knives are fun. This next game, <laughs> real or fake? Peanut hunt. Now. Peanut hunt. Um, I am going to guess that this is also real. This is real, and this is the worst fucking game ever. <laughs> oh my god! Or least was, reward. I, least reward. I can't, I can't wait to hear what. What the hell? Okay, so there's two versions of Peanut Hunt. One was an indoor version where you would just hide loose peanuts and whoever found the most peanuts won and their prize was they got to eat their peanuts. And then there was an outdoor version of the game where you would tie a colored ribbon to the peanut and then it basically was like an Easter egg hunt and you had to look for the shelled peanuts and you could only collect your ribbon color. So if you found 50 yellow ribbons and you were given a blue ribbon, you had to keep looking. And on both of these, the game doesn't end until all of the peanuts have been found. Like, no one stops playing until it's done. I mean, these sound less like games and more like torture devices. I, I was like, wait, your prize is the peanuts that have been on the ground and you want me to eat them? I don't want that. Even the ones in the shells. What if an animal, car- what if a squirrel <laughs> carried off one of the peanuts? <coughs> anyway, okay. This next game, are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, it's called Wink Murder. Okay, so there is a game that is very similar to the actions you've just described where people sit in a circle, and if you if you wink at someone, they are dead, and if you get winked at, you have to pretend to be dead. And the others have to try and figure out who the murderer is. Um, but I don't know if... I know that's not the name that I was told... But I don't know if that's an older name or if you've just twisted it and this is one of your fakes. I'm going to say this is fake. It was it was real. Um, yeah, should have sucked to my gut. It's sort of what you said, but with the exception that it's also kind of like... Uh, you get a everyone takes a piece of paper out of the bowl, so there's a murderer. Yeah, but yeah, no, that's it was hundred percent real. So that's okay. That's okay. All right, next one. A little embarrassed to, to lose a point on a game I actually knew, but 
was a little disappointed. I was like, man, he knows it. It's right there. He's explaining to me how to play it. Um, okay, number four. The Bumbling Bobby. <laughs> um, the Bumbling Bobby. Now... Bobby is a nickname for a cop in England, so this could be just, um, you know, like kids pretending that like the, you know one of them's a cop and he's an idiot. Um, I don't know. I'm, I'm gonna say real. It is I, real? It is fake. I made that one up. Um, ah. I read another game. That was called Are You There Moriarty, which was essentially um, Sherlock Holmes and Moriarty were going around, um, were walking around, and the person had a stick, and they kept saying, are, are you there? And then you hit the other party guests to find out if they're near you. It was like blind man's bluff, but painful. Um, so yeah, I made up the bumbling Bobby. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I feel oh, bad well. about that now. Yeah, well. Oh well. You live, you learn. Okay. Yep. This next game is called Backyard Sounds. Mm. Uh, real? I don't know what's happening to you, but you are not doing well at this game. This is <laughs> this is fake. fake, and but it is. I was like. It sounds like it could be real. I'm like, I don't know what the hell backyard sounds would be. I don't know why I thought that would be a game. I don't, I don't know. Well, it's based on a real game. So the real game was called Kitchen Sounds. And someone would go in the kitchen and begin to prepare food or um, clean or do something. And then people had to tell you what pieces of kitchen equipment. This was more of like a ladies game where then they would be like, that's the colander. She's washing the colander with a rag. Maybe not as bad as the peanut game, but also not a great part of the game. <laughs> okay. I guess you could play Backyard Sounds. That just wasn't actually a game. People would get really competitive. It says that the hostess, um, the hostesses would like really plot to try to fool their guests playing that game. Okay. Number six, hot cockles. <laughs> oh man, I just want it to be real. So I'm going to say real. Yeah. It is real. And this game is also mm -hmm. terrible. So this was a, this was another 1800s game. Kids were literally kicking each other. So one person sits in a chair and then the other kids sit on their knees and lay their head in the lap of the person sitting down and close their eyes. The rest of the kids kick the person with their eyes closed and then they have to tell you who kicked them. Jesus Christ. <laughs> no. Oh, man. Thank, thank God I... A, thank lot God. Of the, a lot of these games just seem like excuses to commit violence against people. <laughs> like, why? What possible game could that be? 
<laughs> to, to ruin your friend's day by beating the fuck out of him. Okay, so you're three right, three wrong at this point. We're going on to question seven, or game seven, which is called Colonial Mittens, or Colonial Mitten. I don't know why I added an S. Now, Colonial Mitten, like, why would you make that up? Um... I don't know why, but my gut is screaming that it's fake. So I'm going to go with my gut and say fake. I'm so sorry. In the 1700s, George and Martha Washington would make their house guests play this when they came to dinner. And they would put them in mittens and have them do tasks that required uh, nimble fingers to perform them that you would not have in mittens. This included dinner. Dinner would be difficult to eat finger type foods that the guests <laughs> were not permitted to remove their mittens until after they had eaten the meal. Wild. Can you imagine you go over to the president's house and he's like... It, it, it must have been funny though. It must have been funny. People must have been laughing at that. Like, see, that's that's perfectly acceptable. It's a non-violent thing. Nobody's going to get injured trying to draw with a with like a pencil or something in their mitten. I don't I, know what the hell else they would I want it do, so but. bad. I want to have a dinner party where I play Colonial Mitten. <laughs> oh, oh, man. Okay. Alright, so game eight is pudding or punishment? <laughs> Please let that be real. It's real. It's fake. I combine uh, all. See, I should know better. All the ones that I want to be real have to be fake. <laughs> well, so I combine. I combine two games. So there was a game called Pick Your Punishment. I didn't read into that, but I was like, that sounds stupid. And then there was another game, and this game I'm into. It's called Bullet Pudding, and Bullet Pudding is you pile up a pot, like a big pile of flour. And you put a bullet on it, and then you have to pull sticks out of the flower somehow. It's kind of like Jenga under the flower. And if you were the person that pulls the stick out of the flower that causes the bullet to fall into the pile of flour, you have to get the bullet with your teeth out of the pile of flour with your, like, you have to go in. And so then you have a face full of flour and a bullet in your mouth. (laughs) (laughs) so good so good okay next game number nine sticks and stones now I immediately wanted to be like real like I but but it's an it's a is it a nursery rhyme or uh, I don't know like it's the, the 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 rhyme goes like sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me or some nonsense like that um and I have to wonder if that's because it's based on a real thing or maybe there is a game associated with that rhyme I don't know um I'm not gonna question it too much I'll say real <laughs> <laughs> this has been my favorite game ever because you're doing terrible. Okay, it's fake, but I did base it on what I believe this other game should be called. Uh, 
Duck on a Rock was a very popular game where you would place a large stone on a larger stone or a tree stump. And here's where the sticks and stones came in, because I imagine this game broke many children's bones. Then you would choose one player to guard the stone so that it couldn't be knocked off, and the other players would throw stones at the duck um, to knock it off the platform, and this, this other kid had to defend it. So it was essentially soccer... Stout goalie with rocks. Kids are fucked up. Yeah, so that's that's duck on a rock, but sticks and stones will break my bones is what I immediately thought of when I heard about that game. Okay, last game. Real or fake? Dumb Crambo. Real. It is. It's the game of the secret word. Uh, There are two teams. One team chooses a secret word and tells the other team a word that it rhymes with. And then the other team has to keep acting out until they figure out what the word is. So it's kind of like a secret word version of charades. But I don't know. uh, I didn't find an actual explanation of how you arrive at how you're acting it out. I don't, I don't know if you just keep acting out words that rhyme, and so it was vague, but it's real. Wild. Good job. You got three points, buddy. Super proud of you. <laughs> woo, woo, woo. Yeah. Three whole points. Yum, yum. Yeah. No, shouldn't I have four? At one point, you said I had three and three. And then you never got another one right. Oh, I got the last one right, didn't I? Oh, fuck. I'm sorry. Yes. (laughs) Sorry, you just did so bad at the game. I assume you got the last one I'm going to lose. I'm going to lose. I have accepted that fact, but (laughs) at least give me the points I'm entitled to. Excuse me. You have Uh, corrections corner. (laughs) You have four out of ten. I'll take four. I'll take four. That was tough. That was tough game. Man. Uh, You have really upped your game, got to say. Literally. I literally wrote that last night when I got home because I was like, <laughs> chew the peg. New topic. Well, uh, there, that's uh, that's Aaron's topic for this week. Uh, when we come back, we're going to do my topic. And I'm just going to tell you that my topic is British and delicious. You'll see what I'm talking about when we come back right after this. I'm Pantsless Aaron. This is Stevie. And I'm Augie. And we are Because Fuck You, That's Why, the podcast that's all about playing games and having fun. Our games are mostly based on British panel shows or British game shows, but we'll play just about anything that catches our attention and imagination. Our show is all about laughs, so please come by and have a great time. Why? Because Because Fuck You, That's why. Why. Hey man, welcome back. Uh, it's time for part three, uh, and that means it's my turn uh, to discuss my topic. Let's not beat about the bush. I love all things England. Genuinely hope to go one day, though so far I continue to remain so broke that I have to settle for watching English television shows and eating British snacks, uh, something I can very thankfully do. With the assistance of frequent contributor to this show and both of our other podcasts, 
Colin Maggs, he sent me a box of British biscuits. And if you're American, if you're American and wondering why he would send me small cakes of shortened bread, please slap yourself. Uh, We would call them cookies here, and they're basically just like American cookies, but with slightly different flavor combinations and about half the sugar. But by far, my favorite thing in the box that Colin sent me was a bottle of Ribena. Ribena is a British brand of blackcurrant-based uncarbonated or carbonated soft drink and fruit drink concentrate. The most common form appears to be the concentrate, as described to be it's basically pure syrup. So you have to dilute it with about four parts water to one part syrup. But Aaron, nobody asks, what on earth is a blackcurrant? I'm glad you asked, nobody, because I didn't know either. Uh, The blackcurrant is a berry grown on a deciduous shrub, which is native to temperate parts of Central and Northern Europe, as well as Northern Asia. At flowering time, it develops bunches of small, glossy black berries on the stems. They sound like grapes, right? Well, you wouldn't be terribly far off. I would describe the flavor of a blackcurrant as a blend of grape and raspberry. And since grape was my favorite flavor as a child and raspberry my favorite flavor as a man, then it will come as no surprise to learn that blackcurrant is now my favorite flavor as a man-child. Ribena, however, does come in more flavors than just blackcurrant. There's also strawberry, blueberry, and orange. But the blackcurrant original flavor is still the most popular, and I'd venture to say it's still the best. And that's not just because of how it saved Britain in World War II. That might be an exaggeration. Uh, But it's true that Britain had a scarcity of vitamin C fruits like oranges. So blackcurrant cultivation was encouraged and yield increased significantly. The drink that we know as Ribena had been invented in 1933 by Vernon Charlie at the Bristol-based food and drink company H.W. Carter. So with the expanded yield in 1942, nearly all black currants were turned into syrup or cordial, almost all of it manufactured by Carter's, and it was bought by the government and distributed to Britain's children for free without the Ribena branding. But this move popularized blackcurrant flavored foodstuffs in Britain for years to come. Now, the company has undergone some changes, being bought out by the Beecham Group in 1955, which merged with SmithKline Beckman to become SmithKline Beecham. And in 2000, that company merged with Glaxo Welcome to become, get ready to boo, Glaxo SmithKline. And almost immediately, they got up to shenanigans. In 2001, a formulation called Ribena Toothkinds was sold as being less damaging to teeth than other soft drinks. But the UK Advertising Standards Authority judged this as misleading. In 2003, the UK Food Commission criticized the sugar levels in regular Ribena to contribute to childhood obesity. Now, why am I telling you all this about companies and mergers? Well, there's a happy ending of sorts. 
GlaxoSmithKline would eventually put Ribena and Lucozade, another drink I'd like to try, up for sale. And the company that would eventually purchase them was Japanese company Suntory. That's right. On some level, Bill Murray himself has promoted Ribena, even if only indirectly. Regardless, if you're in America and Ribena sounds delicious and you're thinking, wow, Aaron, you're such a jerk for making me want something I can't have, I'll tell you that you're only half right. I am a jerk, but you can totally have Ribena yourself. I just bought a four-pack on Amazon for $20 shipped, and that is a month's supply, so I found that to be a very reasonable price. And I say give it a try. If you can't go to England, why not bring England to you? And it really is my favorite new soft drink. Um, speaking of, my game Untenable is all about soft drinks. I've got five real soft drinks purchasable somewhere in the world, but five of these are fake. I made them up. Ready? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, your first soft drink, J2O. Actually, you know what? I'm going to give you more detail than that. Uh, I'm going to give you. I'm going to give you more detail on each of these. Uh, J2O is a soft drink made from different fruit juices, real or fake. I'm going to go fake on this one. No, sadly, it's real. Uh, J2O is also purchasable in England, but I don't know that it's made its way to our shores just yet. Okay. Let's try number two. Vimto. A carbonated drink with juice from grapes, raspberries, and black currants. Real. That is real. Uh, also purchasable in England. Let's try the next one. Shit. Spelled P-S-H, uh, P-S-C-H-I-T-T, exclamation points. A French soda that comes in two flavors, lemon and orange. fake that is real you can enjoy a nice refreshing can of shit today <laughs> you wish to order such a thing i don't know if it's available via amazon but it is real it's one of france's oldest sodas uh let's move on to number four fruit water a Canadian sparkling soda water made with several fruit juices. Fake. That is fake. I completely made that up. Uh, out of whole cloth. Uh, number five. Uh, oh, there are there are several there are several drinks that that uh, advertise themselves as fruit waters, but it's not itself a brand. Just to be absolutely clear. Yeah. Uh, so number five is New York Punch, a soda made from New York grapes that's less bubbly than regular soda. Fake. That is fake. Um, it's actually called Pennsylvania Punch, but it used to be called Delaware Punch. Um, and it used to be offered by Coca-Cola, or at least it was owned by Coca-Cola until it was shut down, but uh, 
people loved it so much that uh, they managed to uh, find the original recipe in a warehouse somewhere, and now they make it under the name Pennsylvania Punch. Uh, and I would like to try it at some point, but uh, so <laughs> far the least expensive one I can find is, well, very, very expensive. Um, Ribena is cheaper. Uh, so let's move on to number six. That's another point in your favor. Sweet Blossom, a soda made from rose petals and Bulgarian lavender. Real. That is real. Rose flavored soda. I kind of want to try it. Um, but yes, it is real. Uh, let's move on to number seven. Hot Pants. A soda made by an Oregon pizza company using fruit from Oregon farms. It's just weird enough that it would be something in Oregon. Real. It's so close, but it's fake. Uh, The actual name of the soda is Hot Lips. Uh, Hot Pants is a cocktail. Uh, number eight scenario uh, non-alcoholic sodas made from California wine grapes you said it's called scenarios scenario singular not plural fake it is fake Uh, they're not called scenario they're called vignette uh, but they are real. You can get non-alcoholic sodas made out of California wine grapes, which sounds interesting to me, but it just it just sounds like it might be slightly sweeter wine, sparkling wine. You know what I mean? Uh, in any event. Number nine, Colade. Uh, freshly brewed cold brew coffee in soda form. Um, fake? That is fake. It's called Cafello, and it's reportedly delicious. All right, your final one, number 10, Mr. Q Cumber. So spelled Mr. Capital Q, period, Cumber. A Romanian sparkling cucumber beverage. Real. That is real. Absolutely that would right. Be delicious. It, you know, it, it sounds delicious. Um, uh, and I also want to add that most, excuse me, most of these sodas can be found at sodapopstop.com if you want to try any of them out. But I do have to warn you, um, the smallest order you can you can have shipped to you is eight bottles, and shipping was at least in my case. $22. So uh, it was quite a pricey proposition. Um, I'm still tempted. Maybe if I get some money to throw away, I'll get some of these more. And they have more interesting. They have like a huckleberry soda, which I'm like, what the hell is a huckleberry? What's uh, this place they, called? What's it called? It's called Soda Pop Stop is where I found all of these. Um, and most of these that I've mentioned, the real ones in any event, uh, are still in stock. Like you can still you can still get them. 
Um, and the guy who owns it is actually the guy who rescued uh, Delaware Punch and renamed it Pennsylvania Punch, and he's the one who actually produces it. Oh, so, wow. I wonder um, if they have... Uh, I'm obsessed with... I think it's from Japan? It's a Coke product called Vegeta Beta. Oh, no. no. It's Vegeta Beta. It's like carrot, um, orange, pineapple, something else. Um, and it's not carbonated and you can get it at, well, they used to have a free soda thing at Disney World in Epcot that you could get, you could taste Cokes from around the world for free. And, um, now you can buy Cokes from around the world, not for free, out in, uh, Disney Springs, which is their, like, downtown Disney area. So, but it's delicious and it's good with vodka. <laughs> uh all right so you got one two three four five six uh you beat me wholeheartedly wholehandedly whoop, whoop. yep well done magic congratulations darren well done Thanks. uh very well done yeah uh you recognize more than your fair share of these sodas um this was a fun topic to get into, um, not only because I love Ribena so much now, all of a sudden, um, but like I had no idea that some of these sodas existed, and now I want to try them. Unfortunately, it's a rather expensive prospect, but maybe some point down the line, I'll give it a shot, because a lot of these sound really fascinating, and I wonder if, if they're going to be as good as they sound. Um, I'm, there are quite a few. I, well, I definitely want to try the PA Punch. Um, the Rose and Lavender intrigues me, and the Cucumber intrigues me. Yeah. So. I, I, I have concerns about the coffee one. <laughs> but, I mean, the, the guy swears by it, says it's absolutely delicious, and he might be right. Yeah, I've never, I don't know. I've, I've never had coffee-flavored soda, and I'm like, what would that be like? I don't think I like it. I've had coffee flavored beer. Um, in fact, um, Paps Blue Ribbon makes a cold brew malt beverage, mm. and it's but it's not carbonated, but it still tastes a lot like coffee. It's the carbonation I think would bug me. I don't know. Should coffee have bubbles? <laughs> I I don't know. I I I'm I'm really kind of I'm I'm mixed. I'm I want to try it. At the very least, I want to try it. I don't know yeah. that I'm going to be a fan, but I want to try it. Yeah, you know? I get that. In any event, in any event, maybe next time I get a big windfall. Hooray! Uh, we'll just uh, throw some money at this and give some of these a try. Sounds In any good. event, gentle listener, uh, I thoroughly recommend trying Ribena. Like I mentioned, uh, 20 bucks for a fourth pack is a really good deal, uh, especially here in the States. Um, I mean, obviously, if you live in England, you, you have much more options along those lines. But uh, uh, in any event. Uh, so, yeah, that's going to be it from us. Um, you can follow me at Pants Aaron. You can follow Aaron at T-O-A-O Turtle. Uh, you can follow the show at a n e underscore podcast. Um, you can also, uh, if you, I don't know where you're catching this particular episode of the podcast, but you can 
Check us out on anchor.fm, and that's where our page has our voicemail uh, widget. You can leave us a voicemail uh, up to, I think, a minute long, or it might be 90 seconds, I don't remember. Um, but it's, you know, it's, it's not, it's not too limited. And if we like your voicemail, we'll play it on the show. And we love when our listeners interact with us. So please do, uh, let us know what you think about Ribena or about, uh, those horrible games that are about. Um, uh, and, uh, I'm really curious as to what the episode title of this episode is going to be. Um, blackcurrant flavored beatings. Uh, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> Dear God. Um, <laughs> uh, it's been a lot of fun. Uh, you can also send us an email at uh, Aaron and Aaron Inbox uh, at gmail.com. That's spelled A A R O N A N D E R I N I N B O X at gmail.com. Uh, and please feel free to send us an email if we like it uh, and you'll allow us to. We'll be happy to read it uh, live on the show. So once again, thank you so much for listening. It's going to be goodbye from me and from Aaron. Bye.